best breach involvement in the Commonwealth, as well as what is happening currently in Dominica. I welcome Steve Hippolyte and Boris Hollingsworth to come and tell us about their experiences. Of tropical storms and hurricanes in the East Atlantic. 
As the graph here shows you, there is a major increase in tropical storms. Um, you will notice in the key where the wind speed is indicated, C3 there indicates category 3 hurricanes to category 5 hurricanes, and Mauricio indicates you in terms of the specifics of their speed. Um, so you get a better idea of that. But what you will see, the trend that we see is a general increase in hurricanes, especially of the higher categories um, in the eastern Atlantic generally. More specifically, where Dominica is, is concerned, over the last 150 years, you will realize that based on this table here, that Category 5 working was the first that impacted Dominica for the last 150 years. And you also notice an increase in the Categories 4 to 5 over the last 150 years. So that trend is kind of indicated the climate has changed where the likelihood of more severe storms and hurricanes um, is much more possible in terms of having an impact on the Commonwealth of Dominica. Just to show a few of few of the, the photos which indicate the devastation that existed after Hurricane Maria. Um, our Prime Minister, Ruben Skerich, indicated in a simple phrase that Eden is broken, it was that bad for us. So I'll just go through a few pictures which indicate to you. These are some schools here that was damaged in terms of the, the roofs here. You see a lot of um, teaching resources were lost there. This school here lost the entire roof. Here we can only see a platform of what remains to be something of what a school was. And you can look at the backdrop, you see the impact of the hurricane on the vegetation. This is inside one of the library areas in one of our schools. Seeds of pure devastation. Another school was thoroughly almost totally damaged. A majority of the primary schools, 65 primary schools and secondary schools, were significantly impacted by that hurricane shock. So with those pictures, it means that after such an, an impact, devastation, there must be challenges. There are severe challenges that we are facing in the Commonwealth of Dominica. And that is one of the key things that I would like to share with you this afternoon. One of the challenges, the cost of repair. So based on the damages that we would have seen, it's going to cost a significant amount to replace or repair and rebuild those schools, infrastructure, roads, bridges, and so on. Increased temperatures are one of the key things that we've noticed over time. The environment, the climate in Caribbean is so much hotter than it used to be. And especially after Hurricane Maria, it was very hot in the sense that it was hardly any covering, tree covering over time. So that caused the rivers and so on to dry up, and in terms of the water shortages and all of those things as part of the key challenges that we have, which means there was an inconsistency for the operations of schools to go on. Based on the materials and equipment you would have seen that would have lost in the pictures that were there, um, you have a limited supply of school materials and resources to work with our students um, in our education system at this point. And it's also very challenging. Whatever was left of those resources, the 
maximizing the full use of it above um, in relation to the general population of students that we have. That is proven to be very challenging, not only for principals, but for teachers and the Ministry of Education officials also. And moreover, addressing the psychosocial needs of our citizens, how we rebound psychologically after such a traumatic experience. Our students are one of the key things that we're trying to address. Our teachers, principals, Ministry of Education officials. It's important that we have a platform or a support system in place for addressing psychosocial needs of our people if we're able to move forward as a progressive people. So, one of the key challenges that we have, which is not many persons on the island, is basically training in that area. Bear the challenges in mind, um, how will we address these impacts? So, it's not about laying there and not doing anything about it. As a people, we have to be resilient, we have to get up our feet up on our feet, sorry, and decide that we're going to have to do something about the situation that we're faced with. So how do we address some, seek to address some of the impacts? One of the things that we're trying to do is to move forward about technology-driven um, approach towards education, where there's more integration in of technology, where information can be stored, not just in a, in a book in a library, but it can be stored on a laptop or something where students can have access to it. Um, even if there may be situations that they are already came for storms or so on. And hence the use of more portable equipment like laptops and tablets, having external um, hard drives, PowerPoint projectors and so on. Things that you can easily move and store in another area if there's a storm or hurricane pending. We are also looking to move to, to, to using those. So that the situation may not be that you can have them stored away during that time and easily bring them back out then there should be some sort of continuity in spite of what we are faced with. And also very importantly, creating a store, a secure storage area for these equipment will be very important. So we are working within our schools to ensure that when they are rebuilt and uh, there are secure spaces that those equipment um, can be can be kept, that will, that will keep them preserved. Also very importantly, ensure that our students are able to take responsibility for their learning is critical because they may not always be sitting in a classroom and the teacher is not responsible for them. At certain points, they, they may have situations where within the weather environment they may remain home at times, they may not be able to go to school. But they should also be able to see the need to take responsibility for their learning um, and do some learning at, um, at home. And helping them to realize that the teacher is more for facilitating the classroom and not just the person who's going to get them to them. They can take um, you know, a key approach in ensuring that they learn. So we are moving towards ensuring that our students should bring the responsibility for their learning, even when they are not within the classroom. Rebuilding structures, well, based on what you saw, it's very important that in rebuilding, that we build high safety standards, um, a situation where those structures will be able to re um, withstand um, strong hurricane force winds. And very importantly, one of the key reasons why I'm here, one of the areas that we're seeking to address some impact is in developing reliable partnerships um, with other countries. And the IT Foundation for Dominica. Um, is right in Agusa. And it has been one of those key partners for us for the past, for almost the past 20 years and have supported us tremendously. And we're going to be thankful for that because we realize within partnerships as global citizens that we can continue to be progressive in spite of the challenges that we are faced with, climate or otherwise. So Mauricio would have, which would have supported us very well. I want to be very thankful to him for that on behalf of our country and that partnership is a partnership that has been flourishing for a very long time. So allow me to continue as a major partner with um, representative of a major partner of Dominica.
Let me just briefly share what, what a hurricane category five looks like in terms of numbers. Um, in kilometers per hour, a hurricane category five is above 252 kilometers per hour. So we think we have strong wind here at 100 miles per hour. Um, at 157 miles an hour if we're in category five. We also have to be aware at that point, um, because we're at sea level and because there's a lot of density in the air, the force is even greater than what we face here um, in a semi-arid region. So the amount of damage you saw within virtually all structures within Dominica um, is a result of that. IT for Dominica Foundation the Antifa Dominica Foundation was started um, nearly 20 years ago, and as I mentioned, thanks to Dr. Gordon Campbell's involvement and his connections with uh, um, both the Prime Minister and the Ministry of Education in, in Dominica. Um, and he basically served as a mentor for me and handed the project on to me after a couple of years. Um, I had much to learn, admittedly, um, but we, we've done some pretty good work uh, without patting ourselves too much in the back. We, uh, educated over a thousand, pardon me, nearly a thousand teachers on the island in that time. Um, we at one point had met with uh, 70 to 80 percent of all administrative staff and offered training from them. Um, we had 35 teachers uh, from Alberta, many of them from southern Alberta, uh, teaching in Dominica for at least two weeks during the summertime and, and teaching teachers how to integrate technology. And you might ask, well, why that? If we look at young people today, it's pretty obvious it's a, it's a central element. And in learning, it's a central element. And I think we can uh, credit both the former Prime Minister as well as Dr. Campbell for having foresight to recognize 20 years hence just how, how important it would become. So our, our project really is about fairness. Um, we've been at this for 20 years. We haven't looked at it strictly through the lens of a, of a climate change perspective. And let me just stay there for a minute. Why might this be related to climate change? Why might that graph be related to climate change? And I don't want to go too far down that path. But it might be related to climate change because hurricanes developed their strength, that ferocity, from water, and specifically heat in the water. The hotter the water, the more power is is established, and there's also some other factors, bending up the top and so on. But they, before it can begin, it does need power from that water, heat in the water. And if we're having rising temperatures in the ocean, we are going to face, likely going to face, more hurricanes. And certainly we're facing more uh, damage as, as hurricanes strike landfall. And if we're seeing more hurricanes, category fives, category fours, recently Michael, um, we will see more damage. So we really started with the question of fairness. Our mission, to restore and support the implementation of instructional technologies in Dominican schools. So at this point, we're very much focused on how do we reestablish technologies within the country, within the schools. Um, historically, for some time, we really focused on professional development. Uh, and the need was strong, and, and they had sufficient resources thanks to some of our initial contributions in the early 2000s, but also the European Union's contributions 
Maria, as Mr. Hippolyte has shared with you, basically wiped the island clean of, of educational networks and, and certainly of technology. So we're working really hard right now to reestablish that. Um, I'd like to share this photo because this is a, a photo of a tree in the background. Uh, some of the students that came to Sachs School in Dominica, and you can see the ocean in the far background there. That tree was planted at the same time as we, as we planted one in Picture View at Dorothy Delvish Elementary, to be specific. Um, probably in the order of 15 years ago. The tree at Dorothy Delvish is nowhere near this big. <laughs> um, but it was a, a curricular alignment activity that, to enable students to share how, um, how things are different in our two countries. As I said, we've done a lot of professional development over the years. Uh, we've had significant, uh, tremendous positive feedback from our folks um, who have been there. And invariably, they come back excited. Um, they know they're making a difference in teachers' and students' lives. Uh, and I'm looking at, at for Darlene Hubbard right now, who has been down uh, two or three times for us. And, and all of them have done tremendous work, and they've provided tremendous feedback. Uh, our surveys of, of the folks and teachers that they're, they're teaching uh, has equally been very, very positive. Uh, you'll notice uniforms and the students, all the students. And we've done a, a little bit of exchanges. Uh, this is another Dominican, this is Nicholas. He joined us earlier this year, just after Maria's break. So, why do we support Dominica? I mean, here we are, Prairie Town, long ways away from Dominica. What, what, what are the factors that draw us there? Well, I certainly mentioned the beauty of the country. Uh, the engagement of the people and, and their welcoming. But there's some other factors that lend well to what we're doing. Um, it's an English-speaking country, South French, is kind of common with what we've got in Canada. There's a familiar policing and judicial system, so there's stability there. It's a commonwealth country, which we're familiar with. Um, there's a solid parliament parliamentarian government that's in operation. Um, their K-12 and post-secondary education will look familiar. It's more of a Cambridgean-based education than we're accustomed to. So from curricular de uh, delivery standpoint, there's some differences. But at the root of it, um, we're pretty similar. Uh, and as Mr. Pippolet shared with you, 65 elementary schools, 15 secondary schools, and in the last, I'm going to say, decade or so, we've uh, established a state college. So why, why support the IT for Dominica Foundation? Well, we believe in education, obviously. The future of Dominica is its children, and donations restore their learning to meet modern demands. We know that if students have the tools of the 21st century, they are positioned for both learning and job placement. If they have the tools of the last century, particularly the early part of the last century, they will be ready for the last century. And, and knowing many of those people, uh, my feeling is it's just not good enough. The foundation operates on a, a zero administration cost basis. Um, the folks that really believe in the project, they support the administrative costs. Um, donations that come into us are finding their way directly to Dominica. There's not this 18 or 20 percent overhead. Um, we've partnered with an organization a better world, and they've enabled charitable donations, uh, tax receipts for us. 
We have a 20 year, nearly 20 year history of working with Dominique in school. And as part of that, we've done deliveries. We've done deliveries back in 01 and again in 03. At one time, uh, ironically, we were the largest deliverer of technology within the Commonwealth of Dominique in the very um, we have a clear articulation of the resources and processes necessary uh, as a result of that to achieve success. And finally, we have a long history of partnership. And these are some of the partners that, that we've had over the years. Um, the upper section that is in boxes are folks that are currently working with us, and the folks below that are folks who have historically um, been involved in, in the project. So we've had really good support. Folks like Ministry of Education, Alberta Teachers Association, um, some of the school districts in the province. We're really well positioned, I'm going to suggest, in terms of professional development. We're really well positioned in terms of acquiring technologies that are quality technologies, leaving our system, um, for good reasons that I can go into later, but, but leaving our system and still have ample life in them to serve uh, Dominican schools. So, we can thank our, our folks in, in various districts for helping out on that front. What we struggle with, and admittedly, is, uh, is shipping costs and some of those, those hard dollar costs. Melina Fontaine, the Chief Education Officer, uh, reflected on the IC for Dominica project and said it was designed originally to improve the availability of ICT equipment for education on the island. It has surpassed the original mandate providing not only ICT equipment, but training of approximately 1,000 teachers. Our Canadian counterparts have outlived and outperformed our expectations from its inception. The ministry is fully dedicated to supporting the partnership and totally committed to goals and direction of the project. So we really had good support um, from the Ministry of Education and Dominican as a whole. I'll leave uh, some contact information with you. Um, we have a website uh, available at um, you can in access, and we also have. Um, thank, thank, and I'm going to thank Darlene Hubbard again. She's done all of the social media work for us, and so we've got a social media site, both Twitter and a, and a Facebook account, um, and lots of folks out there looking at us, exploring what we're doing, um, and and supporting the direction we're going. I would like to share just a, a couple of other things with you. I've got a, of extra minutes here. Um, let me go back and talk just a little bit more about the, the foundation's work in the early years. In the early years, we started out offering two-week uh, institute sessions. Um, we would have, I'm going to say, 20, 30 uh, Dominican teachers joining us. Over time, probably, I'm going to say a decade ago or so, um, we were fortunate enough to have additional funding, and as a consequence, we were able to double that. And, um, and these days, we're, we've moved forward where we're actually bringing Dominican, um, at least one Dominican each year, to teach some of our classes. So we're trying to lend some of this back to the, the Dominican folks themselves, rather than us taking it every time. One of the questions I've been asked many times, or a few times at least, has been, 20 years? Why are you still there? Don't you finish? Uh, our, our original projection was we'll go down there for a couple of years, we'll install some technology, we'll provide some professional development, and we'll say we've done a good job and we'll walk away. So I too have to ask the question why are we there 20 years later? And, and if you're 
is a good question. And the answer is, is essentially this. Technology's changed dramatically in 20 years. I mean, all of us here know that the big box that was just in terms of the instrument itself has changed dramatically into something like this. Um, the nature of education has changed dramatically. How we deliver education itself has changed tremendously in the past 20 years. And so what we have to offer, what we need to offer teachers has, has changed. And consequently, um, we simply couldn't have walked away, I'm going to say even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, because the nature of the field has changed a lot. Dominique is in a, in a difficult position now, given that they weren't starting with a lot. The GDP of Canada is about roughly on a per capita basis, $50,000 per person. The GDP in Dominica is about, and don't quote me exactly on this, but it's approximately $500 per person. It's a pretty big difference. Um, so they were starting off with a difficult scenario. Once Maria struck, um, it made that, the chance of rebuilding huge. So consequently, we want to step in. We're going to reach down and give them a hand. Our intention is not to provide resources ongoing, but to reach down, give them a hand, get them back on their feet, uh, and then begin that stepping back process. Thanks very much for, for uh, joining us.